The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another conversation. So on this podcast, I try to share ideas and talk with people who have something to offer to make our lives a little better. And hopefully in the process, we'll learn something too. So today we're going to be focusing on plant medicine, which has been getting some attention these days with more and more people using medicinal cannabis for pain and anxiety control. And research is also being reignited into the healing properties of psilocybin mushrooms Mm -hmm. for a lot of uses, including healing, depression, addiction, and PTSD. I'm reading this really fascinating book by Michael Pollan called How to Change Your Mind that kind of delves into all of that if you're interested. So you might want to check that out. Um, But using plants to heal is having somewhat of a renaissance, which I think is really cool. I mean, actually, medicinal plants, of course, goes back to caveman times, you know, thousands of years. And many drugs that we use today are derived from plant molecular structure. So it all kind of goes back to the plant, right? So I have a lot of friends who have been using Bach flower remedies, and they swear by them. And if you haven't heard of these, Bach flower remedies have been around since the 1930s, and they were developed by a British physician, Dr. Edward Bach, as a form of emotional healing. And he devoted his life to the discovery of 38 remedies that correspond to 38 negative emotional states. And they're taken as a tincture, and you might have seen them in stores like Whole Foods or Sprouts. And I did some research on this before the conversation I'm going to have today, and I read a study that was shared by the National Library of Medicine and National Center for Biotechnology Information. So they went through this whole blah 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 and basically they concluded that while using the flower remedies are safe, the studies that they did were inconclusive, that they had any effect in treating anxiety or ADHD compared to a placebo. So kind of the scientific community in what I read wasn't really going all in on this or, or backing it up, but we're going to find out a little bit more about that. And I personally believe, you know, the human body has a remarkable capacity to heal and different remedies work for different people. So you shouldn't just throw stuff out the window, you know, without trying it. So we're going to delve into this Bach flower remedy uh, thing today with my guest, Dina Salisi joins me and she's put together a beautiful guide. It's called Listening to Flowers, 
positive affirmations to involve the healing energy of the 38 Bach flowers. And there's also an Oracle deck that goes along with this. I just read the guidebook, but I really want to see the Oracle deck because the pictures look beautiful. So this is meant for a tool for self-healing. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm a big believer in the mind-body connection and the idea that our emotions can govern our physical state or definitely be a factor. And of course, after all the years of uh, working at Hay House and working around Louise Hay, I'm a big believer in self-talk and affirmations too. So I want to welcome my guest after my lengthy introduction. Dina, thanks for joining the podcast today. Diane, it's great to be here. And what a beautiful introduction. Thank you so much for covering all of that. Yeah, I just wanted to give people the, you know, a little bit of the rundown. I mean, I want you to get into it Mm -hmm. a little deeper, because I've been familiar with Bach flower remedies, and I do have friends that really swear by it. And then also, when you do a little digging, and you do some research, kind of the scientific community turns their nose about it, they're like, well, it's inconclusive, or, you know, it's not going to hurt you, but it's not really going to work. So I just Mm -hmm. wanted to get your experience, you know, your background in this, and we'll talk some flowers. So how did you first get interested in this healing method and become involved in it? Yeah. Thanks for asking. So, um, I grew up in New Jersey on the East coast and, um, it was a weird time in the 80s where um, there really wasn't, you know, now I live in California and there really wasn't much talk about self-healing. So I used to go into Greenwich Village and I was always a seeker and um, I stumbled into a metaphysical bookstore and I found Dr. Bach's book, Heal Thyself. And um, I was like, oh, you know, what's this? And I started flipping through it and right away, the idea that we could use the energy of flowers of nature to shift a negative mindset and to promote healing um, was just fascinating to me. So I ran with it. You know, I was just that girl who would like, you know, buy the remedies and play around with them. And so this was many, many years ago. Um, This was the late 80s. And um, I would say through the years, I kind of dabbled, but it wasn't until several years later when I gave birth to my first child in 1995, my son, Max. And um, I had a three-day labor (laughs) and uh, no drugs used. I labored at home for two days and then I had to transport to the hospital. And um, what I most remember is after giving birth, both me and my son were just completely exhausted, completely depleted. And um, we went to a homeopath and he recommended some really great homeopathic remedies. And then he said, well, have you used rescue remedy yet? And the light bulb went off. You know, I kind of had forgotten about it. (laughs) And I said, oh no, good idea. And we immediately, um, you know, went to a little health food store. I got a bottle of rescue remedy and I was nursing my son. And as well as taking it internally, I remember I put some on my nipple and he nursed. And that was maybe about a week after he was born. And um, it was the first night that we both slept through the night. And the next morning I woke up and I felt just a sense of of equilibrium that I hadn't felt before. And I mean, anybody who's ever given birth knows that it rocks your world. <laughs> and of course, you're going to be out of balance. But this was different, what I was experiencing. And not only that, right away, my son seemed calmer. So I was sold. I used it for um, maybe about a week thereafter. And then I just, you know, got my full set out, got my books out. And I really started 
first and foremost, giving myself what I needed in order to heal and then sort of reflecting on, you know, what his needs were or what my husband's needs were at the time. And um, I was hooked. And uh, for several years, I used it for myself. I used the method for myself. And then I sort of introduced friends and family to it. But it wasn't until about seven years ago when I became a professional healer (laughs) that I was uh, working as a health coach. And I decided to combine health coaching with flower therapy. And what I noticed was that clients who'd never heard of flower remedies before or clients that had been using them were healing at a quicker rate. And um, I would be talking to other coaches and they wouldn't be having the same success that I would be having with coaching clients. And right away, like I would notice that people's emotional state would get more grounded. And um, quickly I became a, a trauma healer and not because I advertised as such, but more that I was willing to show up and really talk about my own childhood trauma. And so I was working mostly with women with these really deep abuse issues And I was having these incredible results with the flowers. And so, um, you know, for like the last seven years, this has kind of been my focus, my passion. I created the card deck. And, um, you know, now what I like to do is I like to teach clients how to use the method themselves because it was created as a self-healing method. That's interesting how you came to this because I remember walking through a, a bookstore in Coconut Grove, Florida, I'm from South Florida originally. And that's how I kind of got into yoga was like the, yeah. the book fell into my lap, the Sivananda Companion to Yoga. Mm. And I still have it. And it was around the same time, like the late 80s. And, you know, doing yoga at that time was not as obviously not as popular as it is now. So mm. I, ju- I just think it's interesting how methods and modalities find you, right? It, it's kind of like a, a predestined thing or something like it's meant for you to find yeah, this. Yeah. And then you you had really great success with it. And you brought up grief and trauma. And that was one of the questions that I had for you, because so many people are in such deep pain. I mean, just around me, you know, dealing with depression, we're all anxious over the past couple of years of, of what we've all been through collectively, you know, with the pandemic. So I think, right. you know, bringing this to people's attention, this remedy that's been around since the 30s, can really be beneficial. And when you're working with someone who has these kinds of issues, you know, grief and trauma, how do you how do you introduce it and what what remedies do you find work, you know, for depression and things like that? Right. So the first rule with flower therapy is to treat the person not the disease, right? So we're looking at each human being like a, just a completely holistic being that has different parts and different reactions. And that's why Bach invented the system was because he was a doctor and he noticed that two people with the same illness would react differently. So he was sure that the healing began on the emotional level. It wasn't just about giving them medicine, you know, to make the pain go away. And so when I'm working with people with grief, trauma or whatever, we really take the time For them, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to teach people how to become aware of what it is they're even feeling. And so this is a really key point because often we'll go to the expert and we'll want to get fixed when we're suffering, right? Because we just don't want to suffer anymore. And so that might work for a little while. 
right? But it always comes back to like the root of the suffering. So if we're not getting to the root, then we don't really realize wholeness of being. And so what I try to teach um, clients and students is, first of all, how, how do you look within and really determine what it is you're experiencing? So that's my job as the guide is to try to like draw that out of the person, right? And then once we can get really clear about what specifically they're feeling, then we talk about remedies. So if I do a healing session with somebody, it goes for about an hour. We don't talk about remedies till the last 10 minutes. The whole time we're talking about what is your experience and, 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 you know, how does it make you feel? And oftentimes people have never been asked this question by a healer or especially by a doctor. And so that in and of itself is, you know, creates all this enlightenment and awareness so that then we can go deeper. Um, you know, one one little story and remedy that comes up for me around grief is um, I've worked with people who've lost loved ones to death. And um, I had one woman that I was working with who lost her brother. And, um, you know, of course, she was just completely devastated by it. And um, there is there are well, there are two remedies that I look toward for for grief. And one is Star of Bethlehem, which is one of the five flowers in rescue remedy. And this is for when we've experienced trauma and we're still in a state of shock. Right. So there can be like um, a monotone voice, a faraway look in the eye, a shutdown feeling. Maybe the person doesn't know how to access what they're feeling. So we'll work with Star of Bethlehem to sort of open up those pathways. Um, another remedy is sweet chestnut. And sweet chestnut would be more if you're past the shock state of grief, but you're crying a lot and you're just kind of like stuck in the deep sorrow, right? So it kind of helps you to get through it so that you can move to the next layer of healing. And a thing that I like to point out about flower remedies is that they're not, um, you know, they're not going to ever make the emotions go away. What they're going to do is they're going to help us process them on a deeper level so that we can truly heal. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. I think it's so important to, to make people aware of that, what you're talking about, as far as them looking into what they're really feeling, because I yeah. think so often people are just in pain that they just want it to stop, that they're not really examining it, you know, and I, and I truly believe in the whole mind body connection, especially in dealing with grief and trauma. And I'm seeing a lot more talk about it just in the past few years you know, books like The Body Knows the Score and, you know, yeah. somatic therapy and how people are really becoming aware of how things are stored in the body. And as I as I was preparing to talk to you and I, I read an interesting quote uh, from Dr. Bach that you have in the book, and I really like this, I wanted to share it. Disease is in essence, the result of a conflict between the soul and the mind and will never be eradicated except by spiritual and mental effort. And I, I just think how many medical doctors would probably even debate the existence <laughs> of a soul, yeah, you know, as, as something 
<laughs> tangible, I guess, and most likely wouldn't suggest that there's an imbalance in your soul. And probably people that went to a doctor who said that maybe some of them would say this guy's a quack, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and walk away. But I, I think it is, it is an important component that we don't talk about in healing, right? Is our soul. I mean, do you bring that up with people? Like, how do you talk about kind of recognizing that part of us as humans, right? We have souls. I think we do. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for saying so. Um, yeah. And, and I, I kind of, my mind goes back to what you said in the beginning about how science, you know, deems it inconclusive because we don't have enough evidence, but you know, can we have evidence of the soul? Can we have evidence of our inner experience? I mean, these are all felt qualities that are spiritual, I guess, in essence, right? Like when we talk about a soul, it does seem like a spiritual thing. And so I guess when I'm working with clients, you know, I, I try to not get caught up in spiritual language, unless that's the language they're speaking, right? So I don't know that I would roll it out to somebody like, you know, your soul is, is suffering, right. but it's more like what I like to really talk about is our inner experience, that everything that we feel, everything that we um, are inspired by, um, dreams, you know, our dreams at night, I mean, like our, our dreams, um, these are all things that we experience that we know are real, but can't be proven, right? They like happen at an invisible, unconscious level. So, I mean, um, one of the great philosophers, Carl Jung, who was, um, you know, uh, a very um, prestigious man, you know, he was a, a philosopher and a, 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 a therapist, right? But he believed that everything happens at the unconscious level. So he is a great ally in the work that I do and pointing people sort of in that direction. But yeah, just getting people to go inward. So like, you know, for instance, when I lead healing circles, one of the questions I love to ask is, what do you know to be true? And I can, I do this two ways. I'll say to somebody, I'll say to the group, um, what I want you to do is look up and ask yourself the question, what do I know to be true? Then go with the first answer that comes. And then do it with your eyes closed and go with the first answer that comes. And every time when we do it with our eyes closed, the answer is so much more evocative and deep and spiritual than when we're saying it with our eyes open, we're looking toward our logic. And we can only know so much with our logic. And the deeper knowing, the deeper awareness always comes from within. Right. I agree. That's so true. There was a great uh, book that was out. Um, I guess it's been like 12, 13 years called The Biology of Belief, uh, mm -hmm. Dr. Bruce Lipton. Yeah. And he's talking a lot about how our beliefs, not, not just specifically our thoughts, but what we believe and how that affects our physical body. And, and you touched on that a little bit. I just wanted you to kind of expand on that because I think that sometimes we're so, you know, rigid and dead set on believing something and it, it takes a lot to shift that. And I think maybe when that shift happens, real healing can take place. Absolutely. Um, and that's why I began to offer the affirmations to my clients. So, okay, so fun fact. I wrote the affirmations when I was going through Bach practitioner training as a way for me to personally remember what the remedies were for. Okay. I had no, um, you know, I wasn't going to offer them to people. It was just kind of like my own little, um, you know, cheat card, my own little cheat sheet. And uh, then at, when I started doing it, um, I think I began offering it to like friends first. I was like, oh, do you want to try the affirmations that I have? 
for the flowers you're taking. And um, people were just like, yes, you know, I love this. You know, I get to affirm what it is that I'm healing, what it is that I'm going through. And so, um, you know, you're you're a connoisseur of Louise Hay. So, you know, I feel like affirmations work in two ways. So the first way is they, they affirm the positive, right? So I know I am worthy and deserving of life's gifts. Like what a beautiful affirmation. I'm going to embrace that. But then another way it works is if this is the affirmation that you're speaking and you don't believe it, right? Like you feel bereft of that, then that's where we know we need to do the work. So in both instances, it points us in the right direction. And this is how we begin to change our mind. Like you're saying, change the, the limiting beliefs that we have. And that's kind of like, it's it's great because I was doing um, my Bach training and my coaching at the same time. And they were both completely aligned because any good health and wellness coach is going to help you to create different awareness and shift your mindset from, from the negative to the positive. So it just um, interweaves beautifully. It does. It's kind of a natural uh, pairing, you know, that you put the the Bach, es- you know, flower remedies, the essences, you know, with the affirmations. And I know if Louise could see it, she would mm. probably really love it. And she loved flowers too. Yeah. Um, she, I don't know if Karina told you, Karina's the girl that um, helped us set up this talk, uh, but she has her own rose, Louise Hay. So- <laughs> Oh, I will have have to look for that. (laughs) (laughs) It was available here in Southern California uh, a few years ago, the Louise Hay Rose. So it it actually does exist. So she would be a big, a big fan of, of this whole, of this whole idea of marrying the affirmations too. So how would you suggest, I mean, when, when you work with people, like, how do you kind of get them to take that first step to even trying the remedies Mm -hmm. and giving them a shot? Well, honestly, um, most people who seek me out like are already ready to take the step, I would say, um, you know, because I'm not I'm not a conventional <laughs> sort of, you know, person that you come to. Um, and so the people who seek me out, they're ready. And, um, you know, if they're not ready, I can kind of tell by that first little phone consultation. And I might, you know, kind of offer them a book to read or, you know, put them in another direction until they are ready. And I've had people come back to me like years later after we had like maybe a 10 minute phone call and then, you know, it wasn't quite for them. And then they found me a couple of years later and they had done some deeper healing work and then they were ready. So it's kind of like when, when the timing is right. Yeah. 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 So people, I guess that's true. They would have to be, they'd be a little more open to, to seek you out in the first place. Exactly. And then, then they would give it a shot. And, and really I can't see the downside. Like, why would you not want to try, mm-hmm. you know, if you've been going the whole round of, you know, antidepressants and all this stuff and, and things just aren't working. Like, I mean, I have a family member who's, you know, the sad thing is it's kind of like throwing darts, you know, they'll put you on effects and this yeah. and that, you know, and, and it takes weeks to even find anything that works. Mm-hmm. And this is something that you, I mean, you could use this in, in conjunction with medications that you're already on, right? Have you worked with people on that? Absolutely. I would say um, many, uh, probably half of my clients are taking medication. And it's funny because um, they seek me out because like you're saying, they're just not getting the results they want. And so like um, I work with people who've been in like talk therapy for years and years not getting to the root of their problem. And then they come to me and, you know, some of them, I mean, they do stay on their medication, but they take the flowers alongside, but then this whole other facet opens up 
And um, like they, they are just like amazed that they get to this deeper place within themselves that they can heal in a different way. And some of them go off the medication, some of them do not. And that's, you know, everybody's different. And I really am just there to support anyone in their healing journey. It's so individual. I mean, when I look around and, and see what people have been through and what what works for them, I mean, I've seen people that have, uh, you know, been able to heal from cancer, you know, yeah. using uh, cannabis oil therapy yeah. and people are, are shocked, you know, uh, others that weren't, yeah. you know, and it didn't, did nothing for them. So I just think the, the human body is so intricate and, and amazing and that everybody should look at things individually and what's going to work for them. So that's why, even though I read that kind of negative review uh, from the, the scientific, you know, eggheads that say yeah. that this isn't going to work, don't, don't think that because I don't think doc, I don't want to say doctors don't know everything, but I guess that's kind of true. <laughs> you know, they, yeah, they, you can't always be exact all the time because the body is just such a complex machine. I think it's amazing that this guy, Dr. Bach, even back in the thirties was able to identify these 38 specific flowers and their healing properties for emotion. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, absolutely. And, and one of the things that I like to reflect on is that, you know, science is a tool, right? It's a tool. And what it does is it 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 only knows what it's looking for, right? So if if they're not really looking at energy medicine or they don't really have a way to to sort of see how the energy medicine is working, then they can't really say if it works or not from a scientific viewpoint. That said, I feel like um energy medicine is becoming more scientifically proven. I mean, you talked about Dr. Bruce Lipton, he's a scientist. Um uh, yeah, Beverly Rubick, she's a scientist, and they all believe in energy medicine because of the way they go about proving it. They go away, they go about proving it by talking with people and gathering people's experience rather than just being able, able to measure molecules, right? So that's the difference there, I think. Right, right. Yeah, it's interesting to try to, try to quantify energy medicine yeah. when it's, you know, ethereal, where we're not seeing it. Right. Um, but you, but you have to agree. I think everybody would agree we're energetic beings, right? Absolutely. There's, there's a, a spark, whether you call it prana or chi or, you know, mm -hmm. there's a force that's driving us and people could say we're electrical bodies, you know, as well, but we are, we are energetic beings. So I think it, it's so great that you're able to bring this to people's attention again and let, have them pay attention to what Dr. Bach was talking about. Cause I know I've seen the, the rescue remedy in stores for years. So it's been around. It's been around. It's been around for about a hundred years and um, people use it and it works for them. So, you know, again, if it's like, if we just, you know, I, I do believe that the flowers actually hold an energetic resonance and that they do work on a subtle energy level, but if we're simply taking the remedy and we only believe it makes us feel better, but we feel better, then isn't that working as well? I mean, if it works, it works. And right. then the thing I love to point out too is I use it on babies and animals and it works. I'm going to try that. Well, now that I've been re re doing some more reading <laughs> on this, I have my 15-year-old my cat that, that we're treating. She's yes. an old girl. And I'm like, I'm going to try some of this on her because it can't. It can hurt. Actually, I don't know if you could recommend anything for pets. 
Well, again, it, so for pets and babies, it's harder because they can't talk to us. So it's a little harder to discern. That said, though, you know, we kind of get on their energetic level and we know, like, you know what your cat is feeling. So um, there is a great book put out by the Box Center and it's uh, Bach Flower Remedies for Animals. I highly recommend it. But again, it's like I couldn't just like I couldn't just toss off a remedy without knowing like what it is the cat's experiencing. Right. But right. I have met with clients, you know, and done remedies for their pets. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I'm going to explore that. I mean, she's older with some heart heart issues and, mm. you know, you just want to make them comfortable. So even something exactly. just for like anxiety or, or things like that to make them, you know, make her a little bit more relaxed. So I'll have to look into it. Well, rescue remedy is always a great entree remedy to try first. Yeah, yeah it's a good one to start. And yeah. Dr. Bach, when he when he developed this, uh, the specific rescue remedy, um, was it, it was for anxiety, right? Was it for anxiety and depression or? So actually, the amazing story is he developed it, um, yeah, for acute trauma, right? So when we're in the moment, we're having like an acute reaction, it could be an automobile accident, it could be, you know, I'm scared because I'm going to take an exam, but like, you know, there's acute trauma. So it's the five flowers that he put together that, yeah, kind of brings us back to center, brings us back to the present moment. But um, he had great success with it because um, he was in England and he witnessed um, a boat crash and uh, there was a man lying on the shore and he was a doctor. So he ran over and uh, the man was unconscious and he took the rescue remedy and put it on the man's lips and the man came to consciousness. So, um, yeah. So I know nurses who've used it, you know, with uh, the patient's permission, of course, with the family's permission for like unconscious patients, and they've had success with it. So it's kind of like, yeah, when we're completely shut down from trauma, it kind of re-enervates us, it re-energizes us and brings us back to the present. And in your experience, what's been a really dramatic healing story that maybe you could share, or working with someone where they really had, you know, an incredible experience and were able to heal using these? Yeah. I mean, I have so many stories, <laughs> but I have a really interesting one um, that was with a horse who doesn't know, didn't know they were taking a flower remedy. So um, my daughter was riding a horse on a trail and uh, this was her horse that she'd ridden many, many times. And my daughter's a very brave rider and the horse was, you know, a very good horse. But they were on a trail in the woods and the horse stepped on a wasp nest and uh, it was really hairy. Um, wasps stung both of them. So uh, my daughter went flying off. They were both, you know, in pain. The horse went running off, but then came back. Um, and so then about a week later, she didn't ride for about a week. Then about a week later, she was at the barn and she went to ride her horse and the horse was riding. And every time she came to a gate, she would stop and pull away. And she never did this before. And then we remembered that in the forest, there was a gate. There was a fence with a gate. And that's actually what the horse broke through. So I was like, oh, she's afraid of the gate. So um, there are five remedies that Dr. Bach uh, classifies as the fear remedies. And one of them is mimulus, the mimulus flower. And it's for any fear that can be named. So I was thinking, well, she's afraid of the gate. So let's put some mimulus drops in her water. I'm not kidding. The very next day, went through the gate, no problem. <laughs> wow. Fear yeah. abated. That's Fear great. abated, yeah. <laughs> well, anyone who's listening to this podcast now, if you're looking for 
uh, a natural remedy, this strikes your interest, you know, definitely pick up Dina's book. It's available right now, Listening to Flowers, Positive Affirmations to Involve the Healing Energy of the 38 Bach Flowers. So before we go, though, I just wanted you to talk a little bit about the cards because I don't I don't personally have the deck because yeah. I just read through the guidebook, but I did see the pictures and the artwork and everything is beautiful. Yeah. So if people get the cards, how how could they use those? You know, like pick yeah. one daily for like an affirmation card, that kind of thing. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, Oracle decks are quite popular right now. And I think with typical Oracle decks, you pick a card and that's kind of like, you know, guiding you for the day or for the week or however you feel you want to use it, um, which is completely wonderful. You know, they have the pictures on the front and the affirmations on the back. That said, though, um, if you are working with flower remedies, what I like to do myself and and what I like to tell people to do is... Um, you can lay out the cards for the remedies you're working with. So let's say you're working with three flowers. Let's say you're working with rock rose, aspen, and willow. You can just have those cards and you can work with the different affirmations throughout the few weeks that you're working internally with those remedies to just kind of like, um, you know, keep the positive mindset going and also to like remind you of, oh, this is what this flower is providing me with. And so it really does like um, catalyze the system so much more. And who did the artwork? Yes. It's beautiful. So a very dear friend of mine, Audrey Violet. Um, so the the book, uh, the, the affirmations and the artwork took us about six and a half years <laughs> from start to finish. It was a very slow process at the beginning. Um, we did it without knowing where it was going. It was just an art project, a labor of love. Um, and so Audrey, um, I gave her each, I gave her each remedy. I didn't give her the affirmations and I told her to just draw them however she was inspired. And then we kind of melded the two together and they came out beautifully. But at the time she was in art school and she was about 21 years old and she's just an incredible artist and I couldn't be happier with her drawings. They're so beautiful. I mean, I'm a big fan of botanical prints yeah. anyway. So I was really drawn to them, uh, yeah. to the pictures that I saw. So I've, I've got to call, call my hookup Karina, <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell her to send me the deck because I want to get the card deck too. So let me send people to your website to reach out for more information. What's the, the best place they can go? Sure. So it's my name, dinasobisi.com. And uh, there's information there about my articles, classes. I do give classes and um, I also offer healing sessions. Well, I hope people head over to your site and also grab the book. It'll be on Amazon. It is available now on Amazon. And that's mm -hmm. Dina, D-I-N-A-S-A-A-L-I-S-I -S -S -I, to look you up online. And also, if you like what you're hearing, if you like to check out this podcast, definitely follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And also check out all the other amazing podcasters that are part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. I appreciate it. And thank you, Dina, for spending some time with me today. Oh, thank you, Diane. Be well. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition 
and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.